coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. We are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, Find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price, as always, guys. Hey, it's one of our funnest shows of the year. We all get to make a fool of ourselves with a few picks. We might get a few right, though, as well. It's a predictions episode, guys. We're going to talk about rookies, breakout players, fantasy MVPs. We'll even pick the teams that are going to make the playoffs, go to the Super Bowl, and who's going to end up on top. You might as well just write it all down, put it in the record book, because that's what's going to happen, obviously. We don't have to watch football, even though we all miss it, right? Uh, this this episode. <laughs> We're really good at it. Brian and I especially are really good at it. McDowell, you love it. You love it. You love I, to hate it. Yeah, I hate to love it. Maybe something. I don't know. Something like that. It's. It, I'm terrible at this. Just whatever I say, you probably want to go the other way on this episode. It's really odd, Ryan, because I play in a lot of leagues with you. I, you're even the guy that I go to for advice when I am kind of looking one way or the other on a trade or who to draft or something like that. You make great decisions as a dynasty owner, but when it comes to trying to pick out a, a breakout candidate or something, you seem to have dropped the ball the last couple of years. I tried to spend a little more time on it this year. I think maybe, maybe this <laughs> time will be better. We're going to turn the tide. Uh, Matt, you you were uh, playing coy a little bit there. You made a few really strong picks last year for sure. I always get a few. You know, it's, it's hard to go wrong with CMC. We're going to talk about him again tonight, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get around <laughs> to him, Matt. Uh, before we get to any of those predictions... Let's talk about our friends over at monkeyknifefight.com. They're the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet. Monkey Knife Fight is giving you free money and free dynasty football content with your initial deposit. Are you ready to rumble? Open a new account with a minimum of $10 as your deposit to Monkey Knife Fight, and you're going to receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. This offer is also good to extend your current DLF annual membership by a year if you're already a member. Uh, Monkey Knife Fight will also match your initial deposit amount, doubling your bankroll up to a maximum of $50. Featuring football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, and so much more, you'll find plenty of entertaining contest options even in these uncertain times. Monkey Knife Fight provides DFS games with no salary caps, so not like some of those other guys out in the marketplace. So if you correctly predict the outcome, you're guaranteed to win. And there are no sharks, no professionals to prevent you from claiming your prize. At Monkey Knife Fight, you will not get algorithm by the top 1% who dominate other fantasy sites. Check out the new and improved way to play DFS and the new prop bet experience and claim your deposit match and your free DLF premium membership over at monkeyknifefight.com. Let's start, guys, with some of the players we love to talk about on the DLF Dynasty podcast. Let's talk about the rookies. Uh, we're going to go position by position, really, fellas, and we might as well start under center with quarterback. It was a clean sweep, Matt. Why do you pick Joe Burrow? Yeah, it's pretty well known that Tua has been my favorite quarterback of the two 
basically the entire process up until now. But it's hard to it's hard to go against Burrow. He's getting to start from day one. I still think Tua is going to play some games this year, but obviously not as much as Burrow. So, uh, you know, I, I still think Tua could have a better half season, quarter season, however much play he gets. Uh, but Burrow, all the reports out of camp have been outstanding. He seems to be playing the part if they could only keep – you know, AJ Green healthy somehow. If if they finally got got rid of uh, Joe Mixon's contract issue, so that's all set. Um, so you know, he looks ready to go, and I have a hard time debating uh, him over uh, or her him uh, Tua over him at this point uh, in terms of this rookie of the year conversation. Yeah, Ryan, on the podcast here, we regularly talk about how the Bengals, that front office, maybe you shouldn't trust them. They they don't seem to get a whole lot of things right, especially over the last handful of years. But, man, it feels like this Joe Burrow pick, that was a good one. I'm only in a couple of redraft leagues. I'm kind of targeting Burrow as that second quarterback, that guy that could potentially surprise, even as a rookie, uh, put up some big numbers potentially with these weapons that they have in Cincinnati and an improved offensive line. Yeah, I totally agree. Definitely uh, Burrow the easy pick here. And, and of course, it's it's really not even a question, given that uh, it looks like both Justin Herbert and, and Tua will start the year uh, on the bench as the backups but the the weapons there are pretty exciting in Cincinnati uh there's they've got four wide receivers being drafted in our ADP and that doesn't even include Alden Tate who uh has has had some solid camp buzz so so I would consider them having five fantasy relevant wideouts and and maybe the only team in the league to have that uh, but I'm I'm with you Dan I think we're not even targeting Burrow in a from a dynasty standpoint. I think he ends up as a QB one this year uh, in redraft leagues. Yeah, that offense with that young coach calling the plays—they threw it over six hundred times in twenty nineteen, and that was with the hodgepodge of quarterbacks that they had in Cincinnati then. Now with Joe Burrow under center, it looks like they they might have the real deal there and. And he could do some big things even as a rookie. Let's talk about the running backs, fellas. Ryan, we might as well kick it off with you. Who's the rookie running back of the year in 2020? Well, I, I can't believe this was not a clean sweep, honestly, guys. I mean, you're, you're I think you're just trying to be contrarian here. It's got to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. <laughs> uh, just like Joe Burrow, he is, he is the rookie running back with a clear path to the starting job. And, and honestly, not even any real competition i mean daryl williams is is i guess the primary backup there you look at every other rookie back and and as excited as i am about most of them from a dynasty standpoint um they've they've got some stiff competition and mark ingram and marlon mack and uh and and so many others around the league so i I think this is easily clyde edwards Hilaire as the top rookie running back this year you know, when I logged in, I saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire under one of your names, and then I saw watched the other one of you put Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I said, I am going to be a contrarian, so I went with Jonathan Taylor. I think, I think there's a path to him blowing up in week one and just running away with that job. And, you know, if there's a guy in the league that – that compares well or, or in this rookie class that compares well with some of those elite backs that are at the top of dynasty owners wish lists really um the zeke's the, the especially saquon barkley it's jonathan taylor he's a speed freak with that body uh that, you know that can take the wear and tear the physical uh beating inside between the tackles and also get the perimeter jonathan taylor he's going to be a special player and i really think that you know while while he's not the like like the easy pick like Clyde is because of what you said there Ryan I think if he gets a similar opportunity and it happens within the first few weeks of the season which I think is likely that it happens in the first quarter of the season Taylor can contend with that offensive line for being the number 1 rookie running back in football this year Matt? Yeah, I originally had Edwards Hilaire down. I wanted to be a little bit different, though. I don't want these all to be the same. We're gonna we're gonna see that again with the with the next position as well. I think. Um, but it, I, I went with Dobbins here, just again to be a little bit different. And I think there's a possibility there. We've seen all these blurbs about you know he's gonna have a significant workload from week one. We know Mark Ingram is 31 years old. Even if even if Mark Ingram doesn't really go away, and I don't think he necessarily is. I think he could take a little bit of a backseat. But the Ravens had 596 rush attempts last season 
And uh, <laughs> if, if Dobbins is going to have a significant portion of that, I have to imagine he's going to see a, a lot of touches. So he may not see the same same amount of you know volume in the passing game as Edward Solaire or if Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor takes over the job. Uh, you know, completely from Marlon Mack uh, may not see the volume on the gr- same volume on the ground either, but I still think there's plenty of touches to go around in Baltimore. And I don't think there's a better fit. Uh, I mean, Edwards Hilaire, I think you can argue, but, but Dobbins, uh, what, what he did in college with RPOs and taking uh, snaps from shotgun is exactly what the Ravens do. I think he's just going to be like a plug and play guy for them going forward. Just, he's just got to get that 31 year old uh, to take a little bit of a backseat. Matt, I'm all the, Cam Akers truthers out there that have you as their leader. They're so disappointed. <laughs> I like Akers too, man. And Henderson is still on the sideline, right? So he could easily be the answer here. I think. I think in, in, any of them that is that aren't that aren't Swift is, is really the right answer here. <laughs> Ouch! Scathing there, Matt Price. <laughs> I just don't see it. How about the white? How about the wide receivers? Um, I'll kick this one off. I went with Brian Edwards. All that camp buzz that's happening right now and and the injuries that are kind of happening down there in Las Vegas uh, to Tyrell Williams and and boosted Brian Edwards into that starting lineup across from Ruggs. These young wide receivers in Vegas, they're going to get lots of opportunities. And I'm believing in that Brian Edwards hype just a little bit. I went back and watched some of his college film specifically from early in his career before the injuries really set him back a little bit later in his career. And man, that guy's impressive. He was doing it at 17 and 18 years old in the sec. That's a big deal. And Brian Edwards was expected um, just a year, year and a half ago to be that first round type of prospect at wide receiver and slipped to the third round. I, I slept on him a little bit guys and I shouldn't have, uh, he should be should have been going a little bit higher in these rookie drafts throughout the offseason. Some of us in the second round got real nice value with Brian Edwards, and he could be that guy like Terry McLaurin a year ago who just gets peppered with targets, shows what he's got on the field, and suddenly moves up dynasty ranks. So honestly, even though he was like the 15th wide receiver taken in the NFL draft, I think he's the – leader in the clubhouse I guess right before the season starts to be that wide receiver rookie of the year yeah I actually chose Brian Edwards as well which um, at first even to me felt a little surprising as I looked down the list of names because when you look at dynasty rookie drafts uh, even uh, even more recent ones he's still probably the ninth or tenth wide receiver off the board uh, I know I know he's been moving up lately, but uh, that, that's that's still the case in a lot of these. But again, looking uh, looking at most of these wide receivers drafted ahead of them, they've got some some serious competition to be the top target on their team, and and in most cases, they're just not going to be the top target on their team. I think you you definitely could have made a case, and still can, for Jalen Rager. Uh, he probably would have been my choice before that injury, uh, but if he if he's going to miss a couple of weeks or, or you know hopefully not longer, but it, if he gets off to a slow start, uh, who knows what that can do to a rookie? And and even with Henry Ruggs there, Brian Edwards is looking like that prototypical wide receiver one. The the Raiders have the fourth toughest schedule in the league according to Sharp Football. So as as much as they want to build that offense around. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I think they're going to have to throw the ball quite a bit. Matt, you did go with Jalen Rager. Tell me, tell me about what your expe- expectations are uh, as far as when he gets on the field and how big an impact he can have as soon as he gets healthy. Yeah, I just think. I just think it's not really that fair to discount him two to three games. Maybe if he does get off that slow start, like Ryan mentioned, maybe we're looking at four to five games before he really gets into into NFL game shape. But even even then, the opportunity is just so great there, and I just think the offense and the team in general in, in Philadelphia is is so much better than it is in in uh, uh, in in Las Vegas now. So I'm sticking with Rager. The, the Eagles, they just they keep looking for the speed guy. They couldn't fix it with Mike Wallace. They couldn't fix it last year with Deshaun Jackson. Now Deshaun Jackson's somehow is the only healthy one and Rager's hurt. Uh, so that that's a role they clearly want. And, you know, by the time Rager comes back, uh, maybe maybe Deshaun has, has that injury bug again as he has had the last couple of seasons. And now Sean Jeffrey, I just I don't know what we're going to do with him at this point. So it just seems like Rager is going to have the greatest opportunity of any, any receiver, and he's playing with maybe the best quarterback uh, among the guys that could get the top uh, amount of targets among the rookie wide receivers. So I'm sticking with him despite the, the early season injury here. 
Yeah, he was a consideration for sure for me as well. Uh, that injury scared me off just a little bit. You know, what I should have thought of perhaps is that even with the injury, and even if it does take two, three, maybe even more weeks than that, considering all the other injuries that are happening in Philadelphia and the lack of, of really playmakers on the outside, outside of Deshaun Jackson, uh, he's going to get a chance as soon as he's healthy enough to get on the field. So the, Rager has a, has an excellent chance to be that rookie wide receiver of the year in fantasy as well. Guys, we have to talk about the tight end position. Matt, you sounded like you, you have a really strong feeling for your guy. Is that right? <laughs> no. Uh, in fact, the first thing I put down <laughs> down in this box was why. <laughs> why? Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, so I guess the closest one for me, if I have to pick one, is as Adam Troutman. Uh, I think he's on the best team of the group, the best, maybe the best situation. I know Jared Cook's in front of him, but I think Troutman is athletic enough uh, to to make a make make you know a small amount of noise in year one as much as a year one uh, tight end can make. So uh, I'll, I'll pick him just ma- mainly because of situation, I guess. Ryan, who'd you go with? I went with Dalton Keene here, uh, of course, one of the two uh, tight ends, rookie tight ends the Patriots brought in. Uh, I believe he was, uh, I think he was the first one they drafted. I don't know. They they kind of all run together. Uh, but anyway, Devin Asiasi, the other tight end, rookie tight end, probably the one who has been more of a, of a dynasty target, uh, has missed some uh, camp time or missed some practice time with an ankle injury. It's been Dalton Keene running with the first team there. Uh, in New England camp. And then you just think about the quarterback change they've made. Uh, Cam Newton supported six top 10 tight ends through his career. That's in nine seasons. So of course we know that that's Greg Olson and, and I'm not going to pretend Dalton Keene is going to come in and, and be Greg Olson, but I also don't think it's going to hurt to have that quarterback who is so used to, to making use of his, his uh, tight end. I went the same way, but I went with the other tight end, Ryan, I went with Devin Asiasi, and for really all the reasons that you mentioned, there's going to be an opportunity to play early. Uh, he has a quarterback that has depended on on the tight end position in the past, and it just feels like somebody's going to get on the field uh, at some point for the Patriots. They invested heavily in the position. that It's obvious that they want a tight end to be a player in the passing game. Uh, they just got to find the game, whether it's Keen or Asiasi. Uh, there's, there's, there's an opportunity for somebody in new England to step up either way, fellas. It really feels to me that if you invested in one of these rookie tight ends, it's probably, you're probably playing the long game looking down the road, not just in 2020 last rookie conversation. We have to have here, fellas, a rookie sleeper, Ryan, you can, let's, let's try to dig deep who you got in the third round, maybe even later that, uh, could surprise. I went with Quintez Cephas here. This is a guy I liked quite a bit. Uh, really ever since the combine and I think he landed in in a pretty solid spot long term I, I don't know I, I am a little worried on how much he'll actually get on the field he he's basically the direct backup to either Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones so I think he almost needs a uh, he almost needs an injury to one of those guys and and we never want to wish that on players uh, with and with Danny Amendola manning the slot there it's uh, we'll we'll see if Cephas gets on the field, but that that is one of the oldest, uh, maybe the oldest wide receiver core in the league. So uh, long term, I like Cephas as as a guy. If he doesn't emerge this year, I think twenty twenty one, he could potentially even be a starter for the Lions. Mm, nice, Matt. You went you went a similar direction. In fact, the same one. Uh, yeah, similar reasons to Ryan. I uh, just liked him the whole process, despite the slow 40 time. It just seems like he he models uh, to, be, to be kind of a lion, if that makes any sense, a lion's receiver. He's going to go up. He's going to make those contested catches. Uh, and Matthew Stafford's going to have the confidence to throw that ball to him. And like Ryan said, he could, he's probably the, the needs an injury this year. But Marvin Jones hasn't been healthy in two years. And as much as I, I do like Marvin Jones, you know, there's always the potential that uh, he could he could uh, jump in there and uh, recover for an injury there as well. And Amandol. We know the story with him. I mean, Stevens could even, I think, be a big slot if they decided to use him that way. So uh, I like that pick as well. I like your pick too, Dan. Yeah, I, I went uh, with Van Jefferson, the Rams rookie wide receiver. I did it because I've, I've really been a fan of him since I watched him in the pre-draft process. He's a strong, strong route runner. 
uh, knows how to get open. And while he is playing behind two very, very good wide receivers out there in Los Angeles with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, uh, the, the opportunity to get the get on the field is 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 potentially there even in his rookie season. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk in Los Angeles about that 12 personnel. They're going to try to get multiple tight ends on the field. They also like to use those tight ends as fullbacks, so they move those guys around the formation. Van Jefferson, a lot like Quintus Cephas, may need an injury to make an impact, but I'm going to be watching him and his limited opportunities on the field late in the season. Cooper Cup came off the field. He was only playing uh, just under 70% of the snaps in the second half of the season, and they were running otherwise receivers on running other tight ends on as well Uh, perhaps Jefferson can get on the field and make some of those plays uh, flash enough that gives us to give us a little bit of hope going into his second season I also like this Quintus Cephas call by the two of you although he lacks that speed uh, he's strong at the catch point like you said Matt he he makes those contested catches and that fits what the Lions and Matthew Stafford like to do. Let's go to the second year players, fellas. I always like to talk about these guys because it seems like in the NFL, the biggest jump happens between a rookie season and that second season. We've seen it in the past. Uh, I was fortunate enough to select Michael Gallup here last year. He, he took that jump forward. I'm hoping that we could identify a couple guys that could potentially do that this year, Matt. Yeah, I went with uh, Paris Campbell, who was obviously injured for basically his entire rookie season, never really got a chance to show what he could do, and now he's got a quarterback that likes to throw it to the short, intermediate parts of the field. He's had uh, a lot of experience doing that with Keenan Allen over the years, and Paris uh, Campbell is certainly not Keenan Allen in terms of a route runner, but he can separate on those quick, short, intermediate routes. So I'm excited to, for him. He's, he has another speed option to T.Y. Hilton uh, and as a nice compliment to, to – uh, their other rookie receiver, Michael Pittman, on the other side. So I uh, like him quite a bit, and, uh, I mean, he's got nowhere to go but up, basically, right? So he seems like an easy pick. Yeah, I like that you dug a little bit deeper. Paris Campbell is a guy that I am heavily invested in and waiting for that breakout. I think the opportunity is there for sure for him in Indianapolis with the new quarterback and, and those other weapons in the offense. I, I, I really feel like they're going to design – uh, design plays to try to get him in the ball in space with the ball in his hands. I hope to see that early in the season. Campbell didn't get those enough of those opportunities as a rookie because of the injuries. Ryan, you went uh, away from the wide receiver position. Who do you have here? Yeah, I went with Irv Smith here. Um, just really impressed with what he did as a rookie. Uh, essentially matched uh, Kyle Rudolph's production. He had one less target, three fewer. Uh, receptions 56 yard only 56 yards behind Rudolph uh, the real difference in their fantasy production was Rudolph's uh, touchdowns uh, so would would definitely like to see Irv Smith uh, increase those get more looks although he was second in uh, second on the Vikings team in red zone targets even as a rookie uh, which is good news um, so I really just see that basically Irv Smith taking over that that job uh, uh, away from Kyle Rudolph. And the talk of him potentially getting outside a little bit and getting those opportunities in the red zone, just make it that much better. Uh, good pick there for sure. I went with me, Cole Hardman, a guy that I've been in, uh, I slept on last year, did not invest in at all as a rookie, wasn't willing to give that high second round rookie pick to get me Cole Hardman on my roster. I regretted it immediately. The breakout's coming, guys. I think I talked about it a couple of episodes ago when we talked about the Chiefs and what was on my mind when I thought of that Chiefs roster. Uh, if you want my thoughts on me, Cole Hardman, you can go back to that episode and catch that. How about some sleepers, fellas? Let's go position by position once again. Uh, Again, we'll start with the quarterbacks. I had Lamar Jackson here. He was the quarterback 13 last season, and I I called him as the sleeper overall quarterback one. So I'm going to pat my own back on that one. We're going to try to do the same thing this year. Uh, Matt, I I like your pick. He has has big-time potential. He's, in fact, shown it in the past. 
Yeah, you stole my thunder with uh, the guy you chose. I think from last week's episode, but oh, uh, I, I picked a different one. It's fine. I got, I got, I got all kinds of sleepers, Dan. <laughs> I went with Cam Newton. You guys gave me a little bit of crap, but I didn't realize he was all the way up to quarter fit back fifteen and and redraft ADP. Um, obviously lower in dynasty, but uh, Cam Newton. The last two years we have seen him healthy. Twenty seventeen finished as the quarterback two overall. Twenty eighteen and missed missed two games. He still finished as a quarterback one, quarterback twelve overall, and fourteen games and was just 10 points away from being a top 10 quarterback. So even at quarterback 15, I think he's a value. I think I could make an argument for him being a top eight quarterback fairly easily uh, but behind the obvious guys and then maybe Carson Wentz on top of that. And then I think Cam could, could get to that next spot if he's the same Cam Newton he was uh, the last time we saw him healthy. So even still some value, I think, at quarterback 15. Yeah, and maybe even higher than that. He's shown that he can, if he if he's truly healthy and he can get to the outside, and make good decisions with the football, get down when he's when he's running, stay healthy. He can be that elite option. I I still think that is a possibility for Cam Newton. I went with his replacement in Carolina, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, I kind of like the mix of what they have going on in Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater, the accurate passer. If the if he starts pushing the ball down the field a little. Bit, Bit with those weapons, specifically DJ Moore, but also Curtis Samuel, who's that deep threat that they need. I, I like the coaching staff, the the kind of unknown with Matt Rule there, and and how that that offense will transfer to the NFL. If that will uh, kind of shock some some uh, some defensive coordinators, I guess maybe Teddy Bridgewater can can jump up over that quarterback twenty six redraft position that he's in. Uh, he's not really really valued any higher than that in Dynasty as well. I think he's a value and a potential sleeper, a guy that specifically in those two quarterback and super flex leagues, he could be a high end quarterback too, and that would be that that makes him a sleeper. Ryan, how about you? Who do you have as your quarterback? Yeah, I went with Gardner Minshew here. He's quarterback twenty two in redraft ADP. That comes from FFPC. Um, and this is not a guy that I would feel confident uh, investing in in Dynasty only because uh, I think like a lot of people, I see, I see Trevor Lawrence in the Jaguars' future. Uh, but, but just for this year alone, I would not be shocked, honestly, if, if we see Minshew as, as a low-end QB1, maybe, maybe just outside, maybe in that uh, 14 to 16 range. But, I mean, especially after uh, what we've seen the last few days, this team has no running game at all. Leonard Fournette is gone. Uh, Reichwell Armstead is, is probably my favorite running back left on the team. He's back on the COVID list now. Uh, and, and we all know this team is going to trail – uh, basically in every game they play. So uh, they're going to be throwing the ball all over the field. And, and we've, we saw from Minshew that he's not afraid to do that. Yeah, so three good options there with Cam, Teddy, and Gardner Minshew. We're going to switch over to the running back position. Ryan, why don't you kick us off here? Yeah, so I've got Chase Edmonds here. And, and I, I like Chase Edmonds quite a bit. Uh, Dan, you reminded me that I, I think I actually picked him uh, maybe in this category last year, or or at least in in one of these spots that we discussed, um, but, but this pick is really more about Kenyon Drake and, and the lack of confidence in him. Uh, not only just overall in his game, but uh, uh, of course factoring in the injuries. Been in a walking boot. I think it looks like he might be ready for Week One, but. Um, I just, I'm just not confident that he can last a full season and certainly can't last putting up the, the type of numbers he did late last year with the Cardinals. I like that pick, Ryan. I have some Chase Edmonds shares, and I went back and listened to last year's podcast. You actually had him as your second-year breakout, and for about a week and a half there, that looked like a big possibility. He showed what he has, and then he went down with that injury. So hopefully he gets to at least an opportunity to mix in a little bit. Uh, I, I like Chase Edmonds and his skill set, particularly in that Cardinals offense as much as you do. Uh, Matt, who do you have here? I took Zach Moss, and I, I kind of have this feeling, and maybe others have this feeling too now at this point, but with, with the positive 
drum beat, you know, that's the term we like to use now for, for rookies in training camp and how they're doing with Zach Moss and kind of the negative buzz around Devin Singletary, especially with this fumbles. I, I kind of feel like Zach Moss at some point might just take the lead back role from Singletary. You know, uh, in, in college, uh, uh, Zach Moss actually was a better receiver, had more receptions and total yards from scrimmage than, uh, than, than Devin Singletary did. He's 20 pounds heavier and ran basically the same 40 time. So, I mean, if he runs between the tackles better, he's bigger, he's better at the goal line, he's a better receiver. I mean, why are we messing around with Devin Singletary? I'm not, I'm not trying to slide Devils, Devin Singletary, really. I think he had a fine rookie season. But I just think Zach Moss does a lot of the same things and maybe a few other things better than he does. So if it's not a uh, – if it's not uh, if he doesn't take over completely, I have to imagine he forces, you know, close to a 50-50 split, if not Matt, higher than that. it felt like you were sliding Devin Singletary. <laughs> all right all i was sorry i like devin singletary but uh you know if, when you're that little and you run a four six six all right this one's gonna sound like kind of a cop-out because of the news that just released of course but i had this in the dock before adrian peterson was released i had antonio gibson the running back 36 such a sleeper in redraft. So sli- he's so sleeping a sleeper on he was a sleeper when i chose him so i'm gonna keep him because it'll make me look good when we talk about it next year guys uh obvious reasons he's gonna be the guy it looks like in washington fellas and i i'd really like to take just a second with the news of peterson dropping and talk to you guys or or Peterson being dropped uh I'd like to talk to you guys about the upside of Antonio Gibson what to expect as a rookie because lots of us as dynasty owners were picking him in the second round now if those rookie drafts are happening obviously he's going a lot higher what's the upside what's his rookie potential Ryan well I mean I think we We've seen all we've seen from him or all we've envisioned, I guess, with Antonio Gibson is upside. We saw the crazy numbers, crazy production from college, uh, 11 touchdowns, 13 touchdowns on 70 some touches. And, and that got all of our mouths watering. And then he lands in this situation that is uh, certainly murky. And, and now over the past two or three weeks with with basically the top two guys uh, now being gone, it, it's wide open. So um, it, it feels like it's all falling into place for him to have that that huge rookie season. At the same time, I, I get the concerns of he didn't even have 100, 100 touches in college. I mean, what what is reasonable to expect from this guy? And, and obviously, can he handle anything close to a, a full workload? And Nobody knows the answer to that. Yeah, nobody like, we can. Can't, we can't have it. Right. We we can't pretend to know that. Um, but I mean, he's he's got all the you know he's got all the tools. That's that's the thing we hear so often, and it's really it really is true. And now, not only does he have all the tools, but he's got the opportunity. So unless unless you're a big believer, sorry, Dan. Unless you're a big believer in in Bryce Love, and and I'm not, then I think we have to be investing. Matt, if you're if you have him on your roster, you got him in the second, maybe mid to late second. It's going to be difficult to trade him before seeing what he can do, right? Yeah, I don't think I would trade him for anyone in the top uh, outside of the top uh, eight or nine players. If we were to redraft today, I think he's right in that one hundred eight, one hundred nine range, depending on if you're you're talking to Jalen Rager. Yeah, of, of rookies. Of, yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, fi- the, the the big five running backs, the two receivers, and then I think you got to put Gibson in, in, in the in the conversation there, right there with Rager at 108, 109. So, uh, I mean, if you can – I don't know, man. Even, even for that, it feels weird. Like, if I could go today and sell him for the one – if I, for some reason, hadn't uh, – uh, I guess that wouldn't work. Never mind. I was going to say, if somehow we haven't done our rookie draft yet and you said you were going to give me the 108 for Gibson, I think it would be hard to swallow just because it's going to be such a fun ride, right? Like, even if it doesn't work out, uh, we've we've watched this player and his limited use in college and seen how explosive and dynamic he can be and seen all the potential with him and, and see the coaching staff and how they used McCaffrey last year and, and all that. So I, I think it's worth it being along for the ride unless you can get that, you know, what you project as a mid to early first round pick in 2021, that kind of value. So did you just say that if you could if you if you could redo it, you you'd go back and, and not take Jalen Rager at eight and, and and go for Antonio Gibson? 
I think it would probably be nine, but you know, if it, I, you never want to draft for need necessarily, but if I needed needed running back there, you know, I, I could see myself maybe maybe considering it, which seems feels kind of kind of weird, but uh, you know, he's in the conversation at least. Yeah, it's polarizing, a polarizing player in the dynasty community for sure. Uh, be interesting to see if any trades happen between now and the NFL kickoff because that value has skyrocketed, no doubt. Let's talk about some sleeper wide receivers. Uh, we all tried to go a little bit deep on this one. I went with Anthony Miller, the wide receiver 52 in redraft, a guy that despite the quarterback situation and there being an alpha receiver in Chicago already, I think can carve out a pretty big role. He's shown his athleticism, shown his big play ability, seven touchdowns as a rookie, was was banged up in his second year and never really got to full health, but did still show those flashes of potential and upside when he was on the field. The quarterback play is still a reason for concern. Maybe that coaching staff as well. Uh, the announcement, of course, that uh, – that uh, Nick Foles lost the starting starting uh, quarterback struggle, I guess, in camp, and that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be uh, under center for the Bears. I don't know if that's good or bad for Anthony Miller or any of those other other targets for that matter. But Miller uh, Miller just he's fast. He's a good route runner. He's good in the open field with the ball in his hands after the catch. He just has a lot of the traits that I like, and to get him all the way down at wide receiver 52, he's also wide receiver 52 in the latest DLF ADP, that's a cheap price to pay with for somebody with that kind of upside. So I'll take Anthony Miller as my sleeper wide receiver. Ryan. You went, you went kind of your opposite. This is this does not go with what you usually do. You're you're not investing in veteran wide receivers, are you? Hey, we're we're, we're thinking on a one year window here, <laughs> and uh, this guy, is, as Matt mentioned earlier, at the moment is looking like easily the best option in Philadelphia. It's Deshaun Jackson. He's the wide receiver fifty one in redraft ADP, and. Until Jalen Rager not only is healthy, but also proves he's actually uh, an NFL caliber wide receiver, which I think he will, definitely. But uh, until that all happens, it's Deshaun Jackson show uh, as far as the wide receiver position in Philly. Matt, you went with another aging uh, wide receiver, but a guy that's sure to have a big opportunity like Jackson. Yeah, just tons of cheap volume here with Jamison Crowder. Uh, only 15 wide receivers in 2019 had more more targets than Jamison Crowder did, which I found pretty pretty incredible. Guys like Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, DJ Chark, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, uh, these guys all had less targets than Jamison Crowder. And obviously he's not nearly as athletically gifted and isn't going to do as much with the ball in his hands as those guys are. Uh, uh, not as much touchdown upside and all that. But if you're looking for cheap volume, I feel like Jamison Crowder is a pretty easy target late in your drafts, even, even in a startup if I've, you know, kind of slacked on wide receiver and I'm just looking for some few cheap targets to fill in a flex position or something like that. I think he's a decent addition there. Uh, they added Brashad Perriman, of course, but new player, new team, uh, new player to the team. Uh, Denzel Mims hasn't really been impressing in camp as much as I do like him. It just seems like Crowder is going to be the leading target getter for the Jets again. So it seems like a similar amount of volume is there for him again in 2020. I like that pick, of course, as well, uh, Crowder, with all those targets. Man, he's he's going to have opportunities, no doubt. Let's talk about some tight ends. Matt, you might as well kick, kick us off with your sleeper at the position here. I went uh, actually got some, sla- some slack from you guys. I picked Hawkinson as uh, apparently he's tight in 11 in FFPC and redraft leagues. Uh, I think he has a chance to be a top five to six guy. Uh, again, I keep referencing this article that I did, but if you if you are first or second on your team in targets, then, uh, then you have a chance to be a top five to six tight end, over, at least over the last four to five years. But I didn't pick him. I went back to Logan Thomas for Washington. Again, just, just opportunity. They have have Terry McLaurin and they have Antonio Gibson I guess if we're going to consider him as part of the passing game and I think we should but after that I mean who who else do we have there at, at wide receiver two Gandy Golden hasn't worked out I don't think that uh, Dontrell Edmond is going to suddenly have a late career re- resurgence and Logan Tomlin has looked really good in camp converted quarterback he's not exactly the same as a Darren Waller type but I think you could compare the two situation a little bit 
Garrett uh, kind of coming on later in the game and, and a little bit newer to the to the tight end position. So uh, I, I don't know where he's going in FFPC drafts or currently, but I imagine it's probably outside of the top 25 to 30. Uh, so a cheap option there. Ryan already talked about Irv Smith, who he chose as his second-year breakout. Also chose him as his sleeper tight end, I'm sure, for the same reasons. I went with Jonu Smith of the Tennessee Titans. He's the tight end 17 in redraft. And and just a guy that is still dripping with that potential, and he's shown a little bit of it, but always been in the shadow of Delaney Walker in Tennessee. Now he's got that job to himself. He's a guy that can stretch the seam, get vertical, and make big plays down the field. Also a good red zone threat as well, and has been that dump off option in that op in that offense as well. So Johnu Smith, it looks like he's going to get most of the tight end targets in Tennessee, uh, and and he should be used in the red zone. That that creates an opportunity for him to not only be a tight end one, but maybe even be the like a top six or seven type tight end, maybe a middle of the pack tight end one, and and that's a valuable piece to get. Uh, when you're all the way down there at tight end 17. Before we get to our uh, the rest of our fantasy and NFL predictions, I want to ask everybody out there if that are maybe looking for a new challenge. Well, if that's you, it's time to start playing over at Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football this season. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Leagues are forming right now. That's DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. We've all been in a league where the winner just got lucky, and if you're better than most, well, Dynasty Owner will give you the platform to prove that. Dynasty Owner favors skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within a salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash DLF and validate your fantasy football skills today. Guys, last year we made some picks. Those those players that are going to drop out of the first round and start up Dynasty ADP, we all did pretty well. Matt and Ryan, you both took David Johnson. He's plummeted, of course. I took Mike Evans. I think he's going to plummet even more after this year, but we'll get to that. Uh, Let's talk about our guys that are going to fall out of the top 12 this year. Matt, I'm really interested with your choice. Yeah, I went with Devontae Adams, and I think you could, uh, maybe a little bit to a lesser extent, Michael Thomas, I think you could could put him into the same group, just because we don't see 28-year-old wide receivers in the first round of, of Dynasty startup drafts. We, we just don't. That's not something we really see. Combine that with the fact that, uh, is it 10 out, of the, uh, 10 out of the first 12 picks this year are running backs, Ryan, uh, in, our, in our new ADP? So we could see, uh, I mean, would it be really out of the question to see a, a full first round of running backs uh, in in, in, 20, in 2021 at this point uh, if, if all of these rookies kind of work out. So I just don't think that we're going to see a 28-year-old receiver uh, in, in the in the first round in 2021 at this time. Ryan's shaking his head, nodding in approval, of course. Ryan, you uh, let us get a sneak peek at that September ADP at DLF, and there was one specific player that jumped into the first round for the first time ever. <laughs> You and I went with him, maybe a cop-out. Yeah, this, this feels like the easy answer, although I, I do agree. <laughs> I do agree with Matt's uh, analysis on Devonta Adams, and, and I suggested uh, probably six weeks ago or so, maybe a couple months ago, that it, it would not be a shock in, in the near future if we saw 12 running backs in round one. So uh, I'm on board with that, uh, not necessarily that, that's how it should be, but I think we we could definitely see that. Um, but one of those running backs that probably won't be there, in my opinion, is Derrick Henry. Uh, he's ninth overall in our in our brand new ADP. Not even posted yet. Um, that was a major surprise to me. I think that is certainly um, impacted by you know the season being just days away at this point and. And being, uh, you know, kind of, kind of the seasonal impact or seasonal influence, uh, that mindset. 
because this is this is easily the highest ADP Derrick Henry's ever had. Previously, it was 16.3. Now he's not only into the first round, but comfortably inside the first round. Uh, he would have to not only repeat last year's performance, but would have to uh, show something in the in the passing game to stay in the first round. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't either. I went with Henry as well. I think, as it always does, Ryan and Matt, uh, that redraft philosophy or all the coverage surrounding redraft kind of infiltrates Dynasty right before the NFL season starts. And that Derrick Henry being in the top 12 probably proves that as well as anything. Uh, let's, let's talk about who replaces that player that falls out. Matt, you had Dalvin Cook in this one last year, so cheers to you. Why don't you kick us off this week? With this year's pick. Yeah, I, I just got through saying that maybe we'll see 12 running backs in the first round at this time next season. Uh, but I did pick a wide receiver here. <laughs> if there's going to be a young one that kind of steps up and takes him, my pick there is DK Metcalf. He saw the most uh, end zone targets uh, at a wide receiver position uh, in the league as a rookie. I have to imagine that's going to maybe not repeat itself. But, you know, if we even get a little bit of, of Russell Wilson being able to throw more, uh, he's got these these two just excellent wide receivers, uh, not so good defense. And we're, I mean, we just talked about how much we like Chris Carson last week uh but DK Metcalf I think is just poised to I mean I, I, I don't think it's out of the question that he could be the wide receiver one overall in the near future maybe not next year but within the next couple of years I think he has that kind of profile Matt I mentioned to you that I was kind of disappointed that you didn't take Cam Akers as your rookie running back of the year so I made I made Akers my surprise <laughs> that who could jump into the top 12 uh, I picked him here because we really didn't have a surprise guy, but I wanted to dig deep, and the opportunity is great for Akers. If he gets the kind of workload that Todd Gurley got, he could fly up Dynasty uh, wish lists, I guess, or the Dynasty ADP currently at number 30 overall. He, he's he got a shot at being in the top 12 by this time next year. Ryan, you went with another rookie running back. I did, and... I mean, this this almost feels like cheating. Feels like kind of a slam dunk, honestly. Uh, I went with J.K. Dobbins. Uh, we we we're already seeing two rookie running backs currently in our top twelve. Not only Clyde Edwards-Helaire, but in this latest data that will be on the site soon, Jonathan Taylor is also inside the top twelve. So uh, the the community is is already certainly showing. Uh, that they're willing to gamble on these young running backs. We fast forward a year and, and I think everybody expects Mark Ingram to be out of Baltimore. We know what that offense is, is like is built on and it's running the ball. JK Dobbins. I mean, Matt said it with DK Metcalf that he could be uh, the overall wide receiver one. I, I don't know if I would go that far with JK Dobbins, but uh, I think he could be inside that the top five running backs. I like that pick for sure. Let's uh, let's shoot through these last few fantasy predictions. Start with fantasy bust of the year, the player you're going to avoid because he's just not going to perform on the field. I had Antonio Brown here last year, and that worked out uh, pretty well. Ryan, I, I want to hear about yours. Yeah, I went with Aaron Jones here. We talked a little bit about uh, him on last week's episode, just the concern uh, and the impact that A.J. Dillon could have. Uh, I don't think he's worth his his current ADP, which is 18, uh, 18 overall in FFPC, and, and he's a second rounder in our startup ADP as well, and, and I don't trust that. Hmm, I, I think there's one more year of Aaron Jones, but but I think after that it's going to fall off really quick. I think I talked about that last year. Uh, I went with Kenyon Drake for a lot of those reasons you mentioned about Jones. I, I just don't trust it, and I was a Kenyon Drake guy coming out of Alabama. He's finally getting that opportunity. People remember him as this like breakout, the guy who just took it over in Arizona, but he was disappointing as well. Those couple huge games were sandwiched around real duds, and uh, I like your pick earlier, Ryan, of Chase Edmonds as the potential to – he has the potential to grab some of those carries and make some plays in that backfield and potentially make that a timeshare. Matt, who do you have as your bust? I, I went with Devin Singletary, so I guess I am throwing some shade on him after talking about Zach Moss. But just for all of the reasons I talked about with Zach Moss, I think Devin, Devin Singletary has the potential to be a bust. Just I, I want some more upside on my running back too than Devin Singletary. All right, last year, Matt, you took 
a real dark horse for your MVP in the league. <laughs> Went with Christian McCaffrey. I think he nailed that one. Uh, who do you got this year? Yeah, I'm going back to him. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> I see, Christian McCaffrey outscored the running back to Aaron Jones last year, 471-22 to 314.8, a difference of 156.4 points. So, I mean, that's basically like three or four other games. So take 10% of his, his production away from him if you want to, if you're not confident that he's going to maintain the same workload with the new system. Take 20% away from him. He's still the running back one in 2019. So uh, if you take 20% away from CMC, I think he's probably still going to compete for the number one over overall uh, score non-quarterback score that is disgusting matt i I can't (laughs) believe you did that i went way down the list i went to saquon barkley is my my fantasy mvp we all know why saquon could be the mvp ryan who do you i went i went a little further down i went with alvin kamara of course he's been in the news (laughs) he's been in the news recently with uh, a a trade scare Uh, i don't i don't think that's going to happen but that Threw a little fear into uh, fantasy players for a minute. Uh, I mean, I just kind of, you know, you look at last year, he was still an RB1, but he, he had that injury that cost him some time and and cost him some value. And I think in, in reality, uh, he's still, at worst, a top three back, but uh, I think he has the potential to, to really be a league winner this year. All right, let's let's pick some dark horse fantasy MVPs as well. This is who from the outside of the elite players will win managers championships in 2021 could potentially be the best player in fantasy football. Ryan, last year this was your uh glorious achievement of the episode. You had Austin Eckler who certainly uh led a lot of fantasy players to the playoffs. Meanwhile, I took Lamar Jackson. You you can't just give me credit here. You can't. <laughs> no, I can't. I guess not. I, I certainly can't. Ryan, I do like your choice for this year as well. Maybe you can go we'll back. We'll see. To that. We'll see if I can get a couple of good ones here. Uh, I went with I went with Adam Thielen um, here, and I mean we've we've seen his value in dynasty leagues tumbling. We we talked about that last week. That even if he has a wide receiver. Uh, overall wide receiver one season if he leads the league in targets um, if all these things happen he's probably still losing dynasty value and uh, while I agree that that's probably the case he's he's an early fourth round pick in redraft leagues right now and if you're getting that type of production that we talked about if he does see uh, 150 175 targets and potentially leads the league there uh, then, then I, I think he does, uh, or he is in the running for a fantasy MVP. Yeah, I like the pick. He's going to get those targets for sure. In uh, his age, keep kept the price down. He's he's a great target for those that were looking for that wide receiver to plug into their lineup. Matt, who do you have as that dark horse MVP? Yeah, I went Marquise Brown. Uh, we know what he did last year, and there, I read a report recently that he was only like 75 to 80% healthy the entire year. So if we can see him at 100% in year two with one of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the league, uh, I think he's going to do a lot better than his current wide receiver 32 ADP uh, in, in August ADP. I went with Jonathan Taylor for all the reasons that I mentioned that he could be that rookie running back of the year if he grabs that that the bull by the horns and gets that job behind that offensive line. And in that offense uh, sprinkles in some of that passing game work that, that maybe there's some question marks about because of maybe reports out of Indianapolis right now. Uh, If he's able to do that and and get the lion's share of the, the carries in that offense, man, the sky's the limit for JT. He could, he could really be that dark horse fantasy MVP guys. We also picked who's going to make the playoffs. I'm going to make this easy. We all picked the exact same teams. Wow, in the AFC. did we really? All of them. Seven for seven. Of course, there's the extra wild card this year. We got the Bills, the Colts, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Steelers, and the Patriots. Not all in that order. In the NFC, lots of the same. We all have the Saints, the Packers, the 49ers, the Buccaneers, the Seahawks, and the Cowboys. Uh, I had the Eagles as my seventh team. I actually had them winning the NFC East. Matt? You had the Rams as your seventh team, and Ryan, you had the Eagles as well. So not a lot, not a lot of differentiation differentiators there. Let's talk about the AFC and NFC championship games. Matt, you kick it off in the AFC. 
Uh, AFC Championship game, Colts and Chiefs. Uh, I, I just love what the Colts are doing. I I want to see Rivers win a title. Uh, I, I think they had the best offensive line in the league. The defense looks good. Just such a balanced roster, top to bottom. And then, of course, the Chiefs. Uh, can't pick against them. Uh, I, I It was really hard to pick against you, both of yours. Second pick across from the Chiefs, of course. But uh, I, I went with the Colts here. I think they are going to surprise some people. Yeah, I like that as a pick, just to be a little bit different. You're not going to see a lot of Colts picks for being in the AFC Championship game. I'd love to see it for sure, because there are – uh, a lot of things to like about that Colts franchise. Ryan, how about you? You, we all three had the Chiefs in there. Who did who did you pick it? Who are they t- taking on in that AFC Championship? Yeah, I feel like I'm probably just going with the chalk here. I went Ravens Chiefs, and I think they uh, both teams pick up where they left off last year, uh, both with exciting offenses uh, in in very different ways. But I think we see both of those teams make it this far to the AFC title game. Yeah, I did too. I took the Ravens and the Chiefs. I just want to see that. I think all of us as football fans, we want to see uh, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes battle as many times as possible with the most at stake. And the best we can do right now is the AFC Championship game. So I got the Ravens and Chiefs as well. How about the NFC, Ryan? Who you got over there? Yeah, in the NFC, I went with the Saints, uh, which is feels like it's always a popular pick on, on this episode every year. Uh, and I've got the Cowboys facing them. Uh, just I heard somebody call them the uh, the Chiefs of the NFC, and I think that's that's probably accurate. It's going to be uh, offensive explosion for Dallas this year. Oh boy, I will be watching. <laughs> I guess I don't see it. You know, that's that's fine. Okay, maybe it happens. The Cowboys were the last team in the playoffs in the NFC. For me, you guys had them winning their division, of course. Uh, Matt, you did a lot of the same there. Yeah, the exact same. Cowboys Saints. Uh, that's another thing, another nickname you can say, like the new greatest show on turf. I don't know if you want to go there, but they have the offense to be that team, I think. So uh, Cowboys over the Saints for me. Mm, that coach, he'll he'll do it for them. Uh, Saints 49ers for me. How about the Super Bowl matchup, Matt? Cowboys and Colts. Uh, I want the Colts to take it, but the Cowboys offense just looks too strong to me. So you got the Cowboys beating the Colts in the Super Bowl. Ryan, what do you have happen in this coming year? How did you become a Colts fan, Matt? Where where did this come from? (laughs) (laughs) Phillip Rivers. He loves Phillip Rivers. That's right, man. I do. I love Phillip Rivers, man. Uh, I went with the Chiefs and the Cowboys. (laughs) Uh, As I mentioned, uh, expect a huge offensive performance from both of those. And, yeah, maybe, maybe like Dan said, this is just what I want to see. Yeah, I want to see the Saints and the Ravens in the Super Bowl. That sounds like a really fun matchup. And I'm, I want to see Drew Brees go out on top, so I'll take the Saints. We should bring it back to Dynasty before we get out of here, fellas. I want to know one player that you are exiling from every one of your rosters. You don't want any part of him, whether it's short-term, long-term, anything like that. Matt, who you got here? Uh, Corlin Sutton. I want to get him off of all of my rosters. I think Jerry Judy could be the wide receiver one as in that in that Denver offense as early as this year. And if that's the case, Corlin Sutton is going to lose some value. And even if it's not, I still think he's going to lose some value in relation to Jerry Judy. Ryan, how about you? I went with Kenyon Drake here. Talked earlier about some concerns about him, and I think his uh, his dynasty value has been uh, really overblown this off season. I, I, but I like the I like the Sutton pick too, though. I bet you're gonna love my pick, Ryan. I went with Juju How dare you, Smith. Dan? How Schuster. dare you? I don't want any part of Juju. Uh, it's a train wreck. It's gonna be just as bad as last year. Maybe a little bit better. Uh, can't it can't be that bad? But they unless they move him around, get him in motion uh, to get him off that bump and run coverage. They've got to play him inside. He's just limited, and I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong. But because he's fun to watch and all those things, but I don't want Juju on my teams. He he's lucky to be holding that third round uh, startup draft capital right now. That ADP. Uh, any other player does that, and he's down in the sixth, seventh, eighth round. Juju shouldn't be in the third round. Uh, how about a player we want to add? Let's end on a positive note. Right? Do you know who you are podcasting Listen, with, Dan? Do you understand? I thought for sure. If I did mine first, that he would say Calvin Ridley, so I I went last. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. 
<laughs> I know you do, but uh, let's let's end on the positive note. A player we want to add to each of our dynasty rosters. We all—it's just clean sweep. We all went with wide receivers. We want those guys to be around for quite a while. I went with Marquise Hollywood Brown. I added him in a lot of on a lot of teams this off season. I love the upside in the offense, the deep threat, the the guy that can make the play after the catch as well. He showed it early last season. I think he's going to be more consistent in 2020 the breakouts coming with him as well i wanted to take him as my second year breakout but i had to take hardman uh matt you took a wide receiver as well i did cd lamb the wide receiver one for dallas in 2021 Ooh, okay i like that that's a that's a solid prediction for sure matt or excuse me ryan you uh you end it for us the one player you're adding to every dynasty roster if you can it's aj brown he's a top three dynasty wide receiver in in uh just within the next few months. I think we were all right about all of this stuff. We're going to, we're going to be talking about it (laughs) throughout next year's episode, how how Matt was right on this one. And I'm right on that one, Ryan, you got that one right as well. It's a lot of fun to do this. It's it really gets your, your mind thinking about what's going to happen and what could happen and what you expect to happen. Uh, Also gets you thinking about some of the negatives that are going to come. There are some maybe chalk things that we, we selected this year that, won't even come close to happening uh there'll certainly be some disappointments hopefully not on any of our rosters hopefully not on any of your as your as these listeners rosters as well we're gonna we're gonna kick off week one here just in a couple days guys it's a big matchup it's gonna be a lot of fun uh for ryan and matt i'm dan thanks for listening to this episode of the dlf dynasty podcast enjoy week one everybody You too. If it's not Ryan, it's Dan. If it's Dan, it's not Dan, it's Ryan.